Today is Easter Sunday, and it's the day our graves turn into gardens. Our pains and failures and sins get transformed. The story of Easter, where we are now, is that the graves that we've dug for ourselves, that's not the end. We still have gardens. And I'm talking physical and spiritual graves, and physical and spiritual gardens. Think about those who've died, the family and friends over the last year due to COVID or loved ones to cancer or whatever ills that took them too soon. They went into the grave, but they came out in a garden. There's so much I could say about gardens. The Bible starts and ends in one. Genesis 1, Revelation 22. Jacob meets God in a garden. Isaiah's chief metaphors are gardens. Jeremiah says we may feel like we're in the wilderness, but God will come like a watered garden. Ezekiel dreams of a newly restored garden. Malachi prophesied that God's people return to a garden. Jesus retreats to a garden, prays in the garden of Gethsemane, even dies in the garden of Calvary. Jesus resurrects in a garden. Mary Magdalene meets Jesus in the garden, and she thinks he's the gardener. The Bible is full of gardens. It's as if scripture is telling us there's more to this world than graves. We're all moving towards the garden of the Lord. But here's the deal. We can't sidestep our graves. We have to go through them to get to the gardens. I heard once that all true forms of spirituality are about what we do with our pain. I agree. The pursuit of spirituality, all of this showing up and praying and thinking and reading and acting and reflecting and worshiping, all of this spirituality is about what we do with our pain. Now we could run from it like Jonah or Peter or Adam and Eve or Samson or Sarah or Jacob. There are plenty of examples of people who run from their pain or try to avoid it. But what we also see in Scripture is that for every character who runs, who masks or covers up or avoids or buries their pain in their own dug graves, it doesn't turn out well for them. And they end up coming face to face with their pain regardless. What I'm learning is we can't bury our shame and think that it's not going to decay in us. We have to work it out. We have to enter into our graves. Now, I've moved from talking about literal graves to spiritual ones. I hope you can see this. But I will say, the crazy power of Easter is that Jesus helps transform both. Death is not the end for us physically. Easter sees to this, and it doesn't have to be our reality here on earth spiritually either. This is the Easter story as best as I can summarize it. Jesus enters the ultimate graves of death. He willfully includes the sins of the world. He doesn't run from it or sidestep it. He goes right into it and transforms it. He turns our graves into gardens by unleashing the power of life in the face of death. And in so doing, he gives us a path towards transformation. But how? And that really is the deep question. Richard Rohr speaks to this. He says we must learn to include and transcend. That's the formula. First, we include our graves. We go inward. 
We include the suffering and pain that's led us to who we are today. We enter into the sadness. There's no way to transcend it otherwise. Which is why Jesus dies on the cross. He knows there's no way to transcend the graves without entering into them first. And I think Jesus knows this step is so hard that none of us would ever be willing to do it alone. We aren't brave enough, strong enough, or spiritual enough to face sufferings alone. We need a Savior. We need someone who enters our graves on our behalf and comes out of them. We need a God who is strong enough to remove the stones that keep us entombed. We need Jesus. I think this is just a beautiful way to think about what Jesus has done for all of us. He's entered into the suffering of the world and included it unto himself. And by the power of the resurrection, he transcends it all. Include and transcend. This is what's ours to do. Which means we have to enter into the pain. But just like the women at the tomb, we enter those graves we've dug. When we do, we find this. When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. They entered the tomb and they saw a young man dressed in white robes sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. This is what we find too. Our pain gets transformed. Jesus enters into our graves and transforms it from death to life. So yeah, this first step might be hard, but when you do the necessary inner work, when you go into your own graves, you'll find angels of the Lord telling us the same thing they told the women. Christ has already come and healed this. So go transform the world. It starts in here first, always. We must enter into our graves, but we don't stop there. It's not enough to just repent. We can't just acknowledge to ourselves that Jesus healed us and that be it. We have to transcend the graves too. Jesus did. He included death. He took all of the suffering of the world with him into the grave and transformed it into a garden. He's now out there in the garden right now tending and growing and loving all of life. And we have a place out there too to tend and grow and love that which comes to the garden by the way of the grave. The Lord needs us tending the gardens. That's ultimately our calling in life. We're to bring more and more people through their graves and into the garden of the Lord. We ourselves are more and more moving through our own graves and arriving in the gardens too. And we can do all this work by including and transcending repentance into transformation, death into life. Happy Easter. Your suffering is not all there is. Your loss is not what's final. Because of today, your graves are turning into gardens.